When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 on a Sunday night. As you can see, it's myself and Shawnee tonight, so more of a double pivot in midfield with no six for protection. Shawnee, how are you keeping tonight, my friend? Good, good. Uh, a good uh, weekend at Barclays as far as Liverpool are concerned. Yeah. It was. It was a good Barclays, all right. It must. Uh, it must be said. So, um, the lads would have covered the match, but we're gonna go through it ourselves tonight. Gav and Emma are off, swanning themselves over in uh, in Liverpool, and it's well for them. You know, it's well for them. But we said we'd jump in, and especially with a great weekend at Barclays, we said we'll jump in tonight and we'll talk about we'll talk about the Reds, we'll talk about the match, we'll talk about everything that happened around it. Um, not everything, but a few of the bits that happened around it, and then we'll talk about how the other games went in the in the league over the weekend as well. So, uh, anyone in the chat, throw in your comments if there's anything you want to bring up. We'll bring up as much as we can, and um, we will talk about them as we go. So, Shawnee, the game, the teams came out yesterday, um, two o'clock. Was it as you expected, or was there any surprises, or what did you think? Yeah, like. I think Jones getting injured probably changes something. I think had Jones been around, he probably it's possible that he starts and one of Jota Agakbo come out. But that's hypothetical. Um, so not surprised to see club change. And it was nice to see Endo then being being on the bench. Um, so like it's a game against a bottom ten side at home. We should be putting out um, a side that can do the damage there but I didn't see it being this foregone conclusion because I actually really rate this Bournemouth manager yeah, I think um, yeah I think he's massively slept on he's done a great job of Vallecano. Um he's going to make them difficult to play against and they've had a good window they've quietly had a good summer window they got Tyler Adams in today they got the Scott lad in as well from Bristol they've done some good business Um Bournemouth and uh, they're sort of like an inoffensive club I think everyone kind of it's not that you have a soft spot for them it's just you see what they're doing and how they're doing it and I, I, I felt it would have been a difficult game yesterday and the first the opening 15 proved that just like 
it, it was playing out as I thought it would because I knew they would literally be pressing from the belt. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. The Ariel is going to be a good coach. Uh, it's something different. Uh, not to slate the young in, uh, English manager thing that's been, you know, that, that's gone through Bournemouth recently. But I think this guy does have a bit of belt, man. I think it'll bring a different approach and, and a different um, level of performance I'd expect as well from Bournemouth. But yeah, right, they're not a bad side. They're, they're going to be decent this year. Uh, there's a lot of more shite in the league than them, let's be honest. Um, yeah. But the lineup comes out, and I suppose there's not really too much we can do. As you say, Curtis Jones is picking up that knock. It's an ankle ankle injury, isn't it? Yeah, he's expected to be back in the foul this week, full training. Again, yeah. As well, Keith, we didn't touch on it. It was good to see Badgetich. Well, that's what I was just about well. to say. Yeah, yeah. Badgetich and Endo on the bench gave you that sort of... Um, not a safety blanket, but you're at home against Bournemouth. You expect to win, even though we agree it's not going to be the the slaughterhouse that's expected. But to have those to see those two on the bench, it does give you a little bit of um, a little bit of hope that you know Badgetich will be close to a first team uh, return. Well, he is close to a first team return, but actually in the eleven, and then to see Endo on the bench after look one training session. You know, he's yeah. not there that long. He's got one training session with the lads. It's been a bit of a whirlwind getting him in. But you see him on the bench. You expect, if you're being honest, you're probably thinking, look, we get a good lead up here and get him on for a few minutes experience and what a, what a way to be en- entered into the fray. But it doesn't really go like that. The game kicks off, Shawnee, and it's it's a bit shy, isn't it, at the start? Yeah, it's a Helder Skelter Force 15. It was sort of like a throwback to... To last season at times when we were finding ways to go behind in games and um, we were all over the shop now in fairness the force one it's a long ball down the channel and he's offside but yep it's a warning before the whistle goes seems to be a bit of anarchy between the lads at the back and then just i think the system then causing his problems for the for the second one allison goes short of Virgil. And Birds plays one into the middle to Trent and he gets swarmed. And look, they do well. They, they capitalise. And I thought that lad Semenya was their best player by a mile yesterday. I thought he was really good. Um, yeah. He had a good game and he take the goal well. But if I'm being deadly honest, Keith, um, for somewhere, I, I didn't, I, I, we're obviously at home against Bournemouth. I felt like we were always going to win. I, I didn't panic when we went 1 0 down. And, uh, that the most important, the most impressive part of the performance is me was that we never panicked. We yeah. didn't panic in attack. We were, we were, we were, the first 20 minutes, everything was rushed. It felt a bit like Chelsea. And I, I think Klopp remarked on it during the week saying that, like, it's just not good enough to be that panicked in possession. And how many passes in possession Liverpool were had before they were turning it off, I believe, was, was really high, low, low possession. Um, in the Chelsea game and it kind of it looked like it was bleeding in but I think we done well to grab a hold of the game and we controlled it then from the most part so knee-jerk wasn't necessary in the end yeah look there's issues with the system we know that but I think we coped well because again I really don't I, I, Barmouth are not a bad side they, they aren't a bad side um, I don't think they can be um you can't just snuff at them because of who they are. They came and they had a go, which a lot of teams don't, to be fair. Um, and it's, they did, they had a go, but we seemed to deal with it really well. 
Um, and we, we get back into the game and we never lose control after that. I don't, I don't feel like we lose control from the minute we equalise. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, as you say, it's, it's a it's a mad start to the game. There's warning signs. We get punished. Allison is all over the shop as well for a few bits. But as you say, once Liverpool start to get in the ascendancy, and, and I'm with you 100%, I, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, look, you go behind to an early goal at Anfield to a, a team like Bournemouth or a, any team, really, you expect Liverpool to kick into gear. And they do. And the first goal comes, and it's a it's a great goal, lovely bit of innovation, isn't it, by um, by Luis Diaz? But Jota does well in the build up to it, and you know what? It's around the half hour mark, isn't it, when that goes in, and uh, yeah. it's just it's a lovely goal. You you don't see many, you know, flicker up to himself and volley it in goals in uh, in the Barclays. Yeah, look, there's a smack of Luis Suarez off Luis Diaz the opening part of the season, and. Um, He's like a rabbit dog going around, but he has the skill to match. And I actually look, and he gets a goal and assist yesterday, and that's what Jota is. Jota is an output machine. And um, I think sometimes you need to just forget the eye test when it comes to Jota because he can be a very, um, he can be a very frustrating player. But the first time he makes the ball stick in the game is a half an hour in, and he pulls it down lovely, and it's a lovely little pullback as well from Jota, and we score. And that was a, a thing that's really impressed me even in the pre-season, Keith, is I know it, it feels like we've loads of men around the edge of the box yeah. when we're in attack. But it can, it's very methodical. Like, you can see that there's there's patterns and Lewis Diaz flicks it up for himself and volleys it in. It, it's a brilliant start to, to the season for him. And he's really kicking on now. I think the one criticism we've had, well, I've had, I'll speak for myself, of Diaz in the past was his output. And uh, he's two and two now, and he looked really good in preseason. And he could have had more yesterday, so he's flying at the moment. Um, and I think that's that, that's what's going to get this Liverpool team our holes is that we've so many um, we've so many options going forward. And I see a few people in the chat there talking about Nunes going mad because he only got four minutes. I'm I'm delighted that way. That the, they need that there just. There's fire lighting underneath all of these players now. And yeah. Nunes just needs to know when he gets in there, he's going to have to take his chance. And I look, I don't think he'd be long mind to take his chance. And obviously, the way the game played out, he probably would have gotten far more than four, four or five minutes of McAllister's not sent off. But we, we, we look really, really good going forward, Keith. Even without... The, 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 the thing that's most noticeable to me is that it's this isn't an attack that's relying on Trent and Rob Obama forward yeah. and creating loads of chances. There's dynamism in the midfield. Um we're obviously gonna get on to the big gorgeous bastard at some <laughs> oh, stage. Will, but, yeah, yeah, we'll say um, Yeah. He he's he's really doing it all. He's back in his own half, winning the ball, he's yeah. setting off attacks, he's getting up and down the pitch. He just, he looks huge on the pitch and he, he I, one of my mates is over at the game, he's like He's a unit, yeah. and he's he's shifting around the pitch. Like it is very, it's early days yet in his Liverpool career, but I think this fella is gonna have an absolutely huge impact on the way we play because he's not only um, he's not only this like just for show fella going forward and in and around the box. He's doing the donkey walk as well. So um, 
Yeah, like it bodes well. I don't think it was a penalty, by the way. I was going to come on to that. Yeah. I was going to come on to that. So yeah. we get a penalty and it, it, it's a dodgy look on to me as well. You yeah. Know? yeah. There, you know, the, you get it, you take it. If it goes against you, you're bleeding, screaming, blue mortar and conspiracy yeah. theories yeah. and all this sort of stuff. But look, you get one and it doesn't get overturned. So yeah, like, right, I'm looking at... The Mo Salah steps up to take the penalty. And look, I, I've said this before. I think he's a bleeding terrible penalty taker. But yeah. he scores a lot of them. And now he's starting to miss a lot of them. Um, I, I don't know what it is about the run. I think you've said it numerous times. You don't trust left footers on penals. Um, his run up is always a bit bleeding. I don't know, straight. And then a little arc on it. And he just blasts them and... I, I think his last few since actually was it was since he missed against Bournemouth or did he miss one the week before that he missed a couple on the bounce hadn't he and um he's he's just gone to show you on them and I think we do have options I mean look so Bosloy is an excellent penalty taker McAllister. and he's mad as well because he blasts them on to the same spot every time as well McAllister yeah. is another brilliant penalty taker and then you've got others in there that can take them as well so it's one area that we're overly stocked in for competent takers, yet Mo yeah. is the, the man that's going to take them all when he's on the pitch, so it's a it's a bit of a mad one. But he goes, he misses it, but in fairness, you know, you have to be there to pop in the rebound, and, and Mo does that, and he, he, he gets his goal. What did you make of his performance overall? Salah. Yeah. Yeah, see, Keith, I don't want to be hypercritical because we get three points, but look, yeah. I'm not big on this system, to be honest with you. I don't, like, I think the system is failing quite a few of the linchpins in the team. And by yeah. that, I mean Robertson, Trent and Salah. I don't think we're quite seeing the best. But again, Salah is putting numbers on the board and that's what he does. Like sometimes Ma won't be in games, but he'll affect games. You know what I mean? And I'm not worried about Ma at all. Um, it will come to him. He's getting goals. I, I just think... He needs to find his way in that front. It's yeah. a it's a front six at some, at, at times. The yeah. way they're playing and like look where Sabozloya wins the pen. He's on the right hand corner of the box. So there's gonna like it's. I think there is gonna be teething systems in this system, but once it clicks, Mao is gonna be in in and around it, getting goals and assists. So I'm not worried about him. Um, look, the talk is coming. I'm. I love Mo Salah. I think he's the greatest player Liverpool have had in the Premier League era. Yeah. But I'm comfortable with Liverpool becoming comfortable without Mo. Yeah. And I think that's point. probably what you might be seeing this season. Now his high his output might be huge. And I'm not I'm look, I'm not by any means saying get rid of him. But I just think sometimes the system will pass players on, pass Bobby on, and pass Mane on. I don't think it's quite passing Mo on yet because I do think I think he's one of the most underrated playmakers in the league. I think I think it's part of an asset, an asset of the game that's massively overlooked. Look, I won't count, I'm never going to count Mo Salah out. He's going to be scoring goals and assisting goals until the day he walks out of the door. But I just feel like the evolution of Liverpool might be. I think Mo Salah's at his peak now in terms of. Yeah, he's not going to go up. It's not, going it's not going to go up. If he if he maintains his level, he's still going to be the best winger in the league. Yeah. Like, don't get me. I don't like. I'm not calling for a boil on here on EJ, but I just think that it may be 
not that what more outgrown more, but I just think the change of system might be looking at someone who's more of a an out and out winger, you know, yeah. like a Bradley Barcola or this young Flavaki Oko that they're looking at from PSV, I believe. Like the the thing is, I think Liverpool are in a really healthy position because if you don't sell Mao, you hold on to him, and then next year I think the Saudis are going to be looking to pay mega bucks for him. So I'm I'm totally comfortable comfortable with Mo Salah moving forward in this season. And again, we've Ben Doak as well. Yeah, who's who's going to get minutes? So. I think Liverpool are comfortable. I think we've done a good job of replacing forwards and moving them on at the right time. I think we might be we might be in a fucking perfect position um regarding Mo Salah, wherever way it works out. Um but he's gonna bang goals for the rest. I'm not worried about him. He's in my fancy yeah. team, my captain yeah. yesterday, so that'll tell you how much I can okay, yeah. I trust him. No concerns there. Ashley makes a good point there. He seems to be moving in the direction of more assists with the way we're going. And it's a good point because his assist numbers over the last few years have been really, really high. And you don't think of it with Salah, but he's he's more than Trent and, and Robbo. And I think it's something that we maybe take for granted. I mean, the goal against Chelsea, the Diaz goal was a beautiful ball in by Salah. And we're seeing that an awful lot. Maybe he's just curbing his game somewhat um, around that. But one thing... You know, you touched on there was the the over alliance that we may have previously had on our front three. So you know, oh, it showed the good years. You know what I mean? It was yeah. Bobby, Mo, and Sadio. And you know, you'd always expect two of them to be on it. If one had a bad day, two of them would be on it. If two of them are off form, you're looking for Jesus. The other one better be on it. And on the late rare L days when the three of them weren't on it, you don't know what you're getting. But this new Liverpool team, the options there, you're not looking for that. And look, no disrespect to Taki Minamino, to Divock Origi. You're not looking at them to come in and carry that burden. We're looking at yeah. a, a front three yesterday that's that's Jota down the middle, that's Diaz on the left and Mo Salah on the right. You've got Gakpo playing midfield. That's only going to be a temporary thing. But you've got Darwin Gomez, as you say. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, what touching on it, right, I think if they can get that system right with the three box three show I said it before I could see games when you've got McAllister sitting deeper and you've got Sabozloy and Gakbo in the two tens with three and they're just going to really go and attack the weaker teams in Anfield especially now I'm not saying they're doing that against Bournemouth because we've both said look we've you know we we think Bournemouth are a decent team but needs most at the moment with Gakbo in there but to have um author the dyslexic polygot said tacky brace say yeah i know he was in me that's why he was in my head there already seeing that um but one thing that we're getting um we'll skip over the red card for a second and we'll just move on to the third goal right and it's diogo jote um scores just after the red card but it's from a suboslo getting on the edge of the, uh, the ball on the edge of the box and driving at them and shooting and I think what we what we're seeing with Liverpool is more emphasis on shooting from distance as well with the players that we've bought with McAllister, with Sabozloy, even with Endo. If you look at his highlights, he seems to like an out smack from outside the box. If you've got the three lads lining up in a front three and you've got boys behind them that are willing to take on shots, it's going to cause havoc. Is that something that you see more of in the Liverpool going forward? Because like I said, Sabozloy gets on it and, and forces a save, and it's an easy an easy one for Jota then to get in on. Yeah, I think it's the fact we've just got we've players who have that in their game now. Like God, Gagbo got a quite a few last year yep. from outside the area. 
when he comes in. I just think Sabazlo is different. Like, um, look, Henderson is gone, but when you're seeing a fella with the mobility of Sabazlo getting around and the technique he has in areas, and he's just gliding past people and he's waiting balls in the box and he's slowly draw passing and he's he scales like this. This is a serious deal for Liverpool. I, I'm I'm fucking delighted we got it wrapped up when we did because, like, if you think he's still available on the market and you see De Bruyne out for four months yeah. with a torn hamstring, you just now City are going right. Succession plan and move that forward, bring him in. KDB is on the wane and we'll just bleed this fella in over two or three years and he'll be one of the premium eight slash tens in 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 Europe. And I think that's exactly what we have. And look again, I'll be critical of Jota's performance overall. His hold-up play was dope, his touch was dope. Yeah. Jota doing what he does best, just sniffing out. like He's unbelievable. He's a goal hanger. That's what we used to call him in school, a, a, a hatcher yeah. who just ha- hangs around the box and he and he sweeps it up. And we'll, we'll have to talk about the context of the goal as well, Keith, because it comes only five minutes after we get down to 10 men. So that game was kind of in the balance until then. And again, like that, it's... The most impressive thing to me was yesterday. I know we were only beating Bournemouth at home, but I didn't. I never felt like we were out of control of the game after we got yeah. down to ten men. I think the game was managed brilliantly, and I we were excellent, were not we, when we went yeah. down to ten? Yeah, the game management was brilliant, which is something that I'd probably be critical of Liverpool for yeah. the last couple of years, where it, sometimes I think we panicked and we haven't even lost over it. Like I think the last two games, Van Dijk and Canate have been absolutely fucking brilliant. Canate, yeah, Van Dijk looking like back to us. Imperia's best and I'd say that with confidence because the aura is kind of back and it's not sort of him, him being a, a reactive defender he's proactive yeah. and front footed again and he looks to have the yard back and he nearly gets on the score sheet and that hunger is there again and Kanate is Kanate so I just think we will grow in confidence obviously next Sunday is a big test um, but we just need we, we could probably just do an end though being in the start next Sunday because he does well when he comes on. Um, he does everything he has to. And I thought Klopp's comments that he made the other day were brilliant. He said, we just need this fella to win a few balls and play at A to B. And I think that's all we need because it was it the old Shankly adage where he says, in football, you only need one piano player and another 10 fellas to carry it. We've loads of piano players. We've loads of technically gifted fellas who can create chances out or nothing. We just need the war courses in now. And um, yeah. so, I, I look, I, I've made a promise to myself, not to anyone else, that I'm not going to get into refereeing and officiating in the Premier League this this year. Because and it's not a Liverpool thing. I just think that just shy yeah. in general. And Across I think, the board. Yeah, I just think any minute spent going on about them is a minute wasted. Look, it's, it's fucking never a red card in a month of Sundays. Just... Six or seven previous challenges since that game, yeah, and there was no other, no other red cards. I, I avoid was up here. I'd probably be going to the PGML with that as evidence, saying like, "Where's your consistency here?" I think McAllister is unlucky. It's a fifty-fifty ball has to be there to win. The stores aren't up. I don't think it's a red. Or even you look at some of the reaction of the Bournemouth players. I don't think it's a red. I think the Bournemouth manager made a good point saying it's probably an orange card. Probably get behind that. But Ryan Christie I mean, wasn't helpful with his reaction. I think. I think he goes down like yeah, but it's being shot. clever, isn't it? That's, like, it, that's, it? I look, think it's a natural thing yeah. now, isn't it? Like you get it, you yeah. get hit, you go down. He's getting I just, a bit of like, criticism. I, I, 
I don't expect that from these refs anymore. I don't, like I'll be surprised when they're competent and they get it together. But again, that happens on I think it's the hour mark, fifty-eight minute mark, yeah. and we managed the game absolutely brilliantly. Um, that that would be my biggest takeaway is that I mean Allison has to make a few saves, but that's what Allison does. But again, like an impressive performance, genuinely looking them, considering how badly we started. Force 15, fucking, it looked like it could be one of them days where you get caught in the hop and being unfavorable. Now, it was a very, very professional performance. That's one of them performances of your November, December, and you're in and around the title race. You're like, oh, no, that's that's yeah, that's league for in football. Book, bookmark that one, bookmark that yeah, one. It's one of them ones it. where it could yeah. kind of go, we, you know, and it's hard to know what way Liverpool are going to go. I, I think we're going to dip back in in the market and strengthen again. I think if we do, we'll, we'll bang in with a chance because. I looked at City's bench yesterday and you're pointing out they are fucking they're thin on the top like you yeah. know like it's they are skirting around and you've the Bruyne out now for four months I don't know whether the Bruyne will ever be the same player coming back it just reminds me of Gerard when he was at that age and the you snap was kind of gone up, he was yeah. influential but the snap was kind of gone out of his game so I think Arsenal have a massive opportunity now because they're in a really strong position but I just think that if we can get the requisite but business done now in the next 10 days, I think we're banging in with a chance. I genuinely do because, again, I think big players who let us down last year look like that, that back at their levels. And I think if we can just reinforce the squad with what's needed, we'd we'll be tough to be. Um, look, Bajatic and Thiago probably will be going to be in the squad as well by next Sunday. So, green shoots everywhere. Green shoots, like green shoots everywhere. I... Look, I even felt like the last 10 minutes of the game last week against Chelsea, they were probably there for the taking, but we just, we didn't take our chances. But like I said, if you offer me 10 draws at Stamford Bridge away from home for the next 10 seasons, sign me up. So it's a it's a good start. We're off the, we're off the mark and we have a tough game next Sunday, but I want to get back into the territory again of fucking people not wanting to play Liverpool. And I think yeah. well, we're a half an hour in now and we can probably talk about Spaz Life for the next half. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we go on to him, you did touch on Endo coming in there. And one of the things that I like about Endo, I've seen a lot of people criticising him because he's not quick. He's brilliant at reading the, the tackles. And he done it yesterday. Oh, sorry, on Saturday. Yeah, yesterday. Um, a Bournemouth player had it and he pounced. He's like a little, you know, he sits, he sits, he sits, he's passive. He sees the ball, smack, he goes in, he wins it. And it's one of his strengths that he's at. And I think if you get that into that Liverpool team, and look, McAllister, we don't know what's going to happen with McAllister. But even if it's a, an endo or whoever it is that comes in to sit there and we then free McAllister up the, the pitch a few um, a few yards, it was just nice to see a defensive-minded player in that midfield. And I think, you know, what we can see from that and the benefits will be huge. But the one player that I think we all want to talk about, he's, he's unbelievable, isn't he, Sabozloy? One thing, you, you mentioned Kevin De Bruyne there, and I'm seeing a lot of people are saying he's very De Bruyne-esque and it's it's the phys- the physique as well. He's, he's just so big. Yes. You know, he's yeah. not a small little number 10, a little nippy type of character. He's big, he's broad, he's he's got everything and he's surprising me the amount of work he's doing in the defensive end. You know, I know when you're here and you watch them maybe at Leipzig and Salzburg and you look at him and you think he's an attacking player. You hear some of the experts from the Bundesliga saying, "Is defensive side not, not, not maybe not the strongest?" 
but I'm seeing a lot of getting back in there and, and digging out digging out the ball when it's in the in air. And that's uh, surprised me. One of the, I, I don't know who it was, but one of the players, I can't think it, it was one of our players, talked about him after the game yesterday. I think it might have been Gakpo. And he's like, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't get like he do, he never slows down. He doesn't get tired. That's he says. I can't. He's a machine, and just going both ways. Like and he's fucking gorgeous as well. Let me tell you, he's honestly he's he's a fine looking specimen. But yeah, he's just like he's it's alien towards kid. I know we were saying like Liverpool probably shouldn't have abandoned the dog like mentality in the midfield. But when you see a fella as dynamic as this in the in in air midfield, it's just. With the eight on his back, the coin, there is, it's very Gerrard. That woman, he goes yeah. down the line yesterday and he skips past out of him is, is, is very Steven Gerrard. Um, yeah, Alejandro Mate said it was Jota who said it. Yeah, honestly, he's, he like, he just doesn't get tired. He's a big, he's a big beast. I can say, and he seems to love it. Uh, and he backs himself big time and he's saying all the right things. And I love what he said after the game. Asked me first game at Hanfield and I've been tromping at the bit to do it since I joined here and I hope to play another thousand games here. Look, he's bought in completely. Um, I, I don't even think we've scratched the surface with this fellow. I think he's going to rip the league to shreds. Um, I'm telling you, when the first time he hits one in 25 yards, it's, it's going to hit like crack. There's no doubt about yeah. it. It's going to be, honestly, hooker into me veins. But yeah, like man of the match yesterday, Colossus ran all over him. Had a bit of crack with his um, with his international teammate then again in the post match interview. Yeah. So he seems to get it. Uh, I'm delighted we have him on board. I think looking looking back, this is going to be one of the signings of the season. I know I remark saying that we might not sign somebody who has the same impact on the team as McAllister. And I still feel that way, but to have to deal with him, yeah, like that's the thing. The frustrating thing is we've always talked about. The business Liverpool do was normally the right business. It's just the, the, never the quantity. Business. Yeah. It's never enough. But these two lads. And and Endo, like there was green shoots on it. Like Endo just nipping the ball and just playing her off to yeah. me. Like that gets me a little bit horny as well. That's far play. Like, you know, I think yeah, yeah. and it's necessary. It's just what we need. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't I don't need I don't think we need a Frankie De Jong or a Robbie or Lavia Rowland defenders in the midfield. We just need fellas who can win the ball and give it to the lads who can play well. So yeah, fucking I I I can't wait to watch him play football again. That's yeah. it's it's hard to I'm I'm in that that state of mind now. It's it is one of them, isn't it? That you just you're so excited to see what he does next. And as you say, the minute that one bounces up from 25 yards out from goal, and you gotta go shot on it, it's gonna be the blade. And that's that's the one, as you say, that's when the crack hits. Yeah. But it go the same. It's similar to the penalties. You know, we spoke about Mo Salah being a, a penalty taker. That's probably not the best penalty taker in the squad. We've also got a free kick taker in Trent, who's probably not the best free kick taker in the squad for shooting, which might seem a bit harsh to people. But I want to see Sabozloy having a crack at one of these as well, because uh, them, that little knuckleball that he has in his locker, will be interested to see if he can pull one of them out of bag as well for us in Anfield, especially. But it's going to be a really, really good um, team when they all get in and they're all settled. And McAllister's coming in for a bit of stick there because, you know, he's going to miss games like Darwin, blah, blah, blah. 
he's been doing a job for us playing deeper than he maybe likes to play. We know he does the damage. And you see, I thought he was excellent against Chelsea. You know, the, the ball, the passes from deep, he's always getting Salah in space. And I think once that settles in, that's going to be an absolute weapon as well. And to have the two of them, as you said there, geez, to have the two of them now, it's not Genie and uh, Hendo and Fabinho. It's, it's totally different. You know what I mean? This is Alonso Gerrard sort of stuff, not trying to put them on that level too soon but it's ball players it's attack minded high level operators high level yeah exactly and that that's what we're getting back to but with the bit of graft in them as well you know and it's finding that balance and and it looks like we've done it again and and the signings have been exciting but you're right we we always do leave ourselves a little bit short you know what i mean so it would be interesting to see what the club do in uh the transfer market for the rest of the the window but as the game's going on, Shawnee, there's a uh, clip circulating. Jurgen Klopp's going bleeding ape shit about fans singing a song. What do you make of it? Didn't he give context to this last year? Doesn't matter. Fans don't like it. I've seen a lot of people on uh, like he's completely today saying he's going to walk. No, he's <laughs> gave context to it last year where he doesn't like people. He says, sing the song after the game. Yeah. He feels that the song is jovial and it's like job done when it's not job done. He like players react to what's going on in the ground, and it is like it's a great. I like it, but yeah. clubs kind of the of the impression of like we're still at war here. We're not singing fucking celebration songs, and yeah. that's the way he has been. Club strikes me as a bit of a superstitious bloke. Like I, I, yeah. I feel like he probably wears the same jocks to every game and the same socks or anything. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't want to fuck with the the chi. Yeah, but um, I think too much is being made of it. Look, Jordan Klopp loves Liverpool and its fans, and and we've seen that in the celebrations of title wins and parades. He he knows what way, and I think I think we're ushering in a, a new era here to Liverpool, where not all of these players now in the squad are winners. Like some of them are gone, most of them are gone. Bobby's gone, but like a lot of the lads who would have been key to his successes in the past are gone. So this is kind of a clean slate. And maybe some club feels that some of these lads have to earn that keep in terms of uh, the adulation. Yeah. Um. I, I just I I I hundred percent. when he when he said it last year, I was kind of like fucking hell, mate, chill out. But that's yeah. when things weren't going away. But he gave he gave um he gave context to this in the past, and I, like I see a few a few people going. I fucking love Jurgen Klopp, but he can't tell us what to do. He's just like he, and in the context he said it was, and I might be paraphrasing here. He's like, leave that to laugh after the game. Yeah, you, like you know what I mean. Like sometimes it's just, it's not. He probably feels it's not conductive or to the match situation when your three went up with, with ten men because. Like we've all been, most of us have been to Anfield. Like, had we conceded with ten minutes to go there yesterday, Anfield would have became a bleeding hell. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, it wouldn't and, have been and, singing songs at that stage. No, and I think that's deadly silent. Yeah, I think that's the way. I think that's the way he looks at it. Um, so, but I don't. I think it's yeah. a, a mountain out of a mountain out of a molehill, but I do see his point. At the same time, but yeah, you will get people who cling on to it now, trying to make the most of it. But I really don't think it's a uh... yeah, but I think Madge hits uh, it's the nails, you know, sing to encourage the players, forget about the club song. And you're right, it's 
you know, you'll hear players will say when they're playing, especially look, we look at we're Liverpool fans, we listen to Liverpool players and all that. And when they talk about having a song, I mean, we were in Liverpool for Bobby's last home game, and Sean, you'll remember it well. We're at the the mural, and the reaction yeah. of his parents when we were singing, yeah. and when you started the song, the sing song that day, and everyone joined in, and you saw how much that meant to his family yeah. and him. Yeah. And if you're on the pitch for that, and you're you're playing, and you're probably having a 7 out of 10 and you hear the crowd singing boom you're lifted straight away Jordan Klopp's not on the pitch he's not in the battle he's on the side and you're right you know he's probably thinking look don't sing about me sing about them yeah yeah and I think that's probably how he feels about it. I don't like I just Klopp is sort of in a, in a way in a roundabout way going get us over the line here like he probably feels complacency sets in when, because that is a sign that I'd associate with Liverpool being our sight. Because yeah. I'll never forget the first time it went off was when the Man City FA Cup semi final, and I think about 3 0 up at half time, is it 2 or 3 0 up at half time? Yeah. And the fucking place is raucous. Like, you know what I mean? And you just know it's that kind of feel good boy. But Liverpool are in the trenches again, and I think Klopp wants you to know that he, yeah. he's relishing this battle, and we're in the trenches, and he wants to. The LA, 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 LA's and the fucking yeah. the dr- drive on his own, not the kind of the jovial celebratory chance that I think that's kind of look. I think I think it's it's completely hypothetical. I I just think that's maybe how he's look, and I see his point of view. Like I think I don't. It's not a big fucking deal. But I think it's funny though that he's like saying basically on the touchline saying, shut the fuck up. Like he's a mad bollocks, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. That's what annoys me. People are saying, no, he's going to walk. Our club doesn't tell us what to do. Like he just got caught on laying the camera saying, shut the fuck up, singing that song. You know, the, the, yeah. the it's like last on. week when he's when he was taking the piss out of two lads at um, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. And people tried to make it like it was a. Well, Newcastle Indeed. fans, Newcastle fans are trying to make it. I'm saying yeah, all week about, you know, he, we live in we live in Klopp's head rent free. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think he's understand how that works. I think he's in your yeah. head rent free, but you know. Like, I'd imagine you could sit down with Klopp and have a regular conversation and he'd be just like me and you. And I'm being honest with you saying that, like, I know the allure and the enigma of the man is fucking, is huge. But I'd imagine that's exactly what, like, the other day when someone around goes, we when he was explaining how the endo team played out, he goes, yeah. well, it was great to agree a deal with the club and the player. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of, there's, there's probably Liverpool fans who are still fucking crying into the cornflakes over the suicidal thing until that point. But you just move on. At the end of the day, it's it's Liverpool Football Club above all else. And it's as simple as that. Like, a penny for the thoughts of Moise Coisado tonight. It was... Yeah. Look, I'd I'd hate to see what his DMs look like at the moment because oh. that's sort of that's the sort of club he's playing for, you know. But well, we can laugh in bed with them. Well, what did he say? Hindsight's foresight for gobsight. Yeah. So like we, we 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 laugh about it now, but like we move on and 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 it's that's the way it is. Yeah, there was a lovely moment, Shani, where the the where the Anfield basically the Anfield where Anfield um applauded and and recognised the the poor fella who died in um the Everton Stadium, Bramley Moor, and you know it, it shows that things in football that happen, rivalries. I've seen a lot of stuff from Everton fans, you know, a lot of good stuff towards Liverpool for that, and Klopp had the lads 
laying a reap as well beforehand things like that put puts all the the stupid show into perspective you know the the, the arguing and the moaning even the likes of criticizing Klopp are telling them to shut up you know when you see things like that it, it does it's good to see the the human side and and the the good side of people as well you know that's not all tribal shit it was it was nice to nice to see yeah it's a nice touch to very very fucking sad situation like you know lads who lay back eat i brothers yeah. who walk on on building sites like imagine that being yeah. a friend or a brother going to work and and not not coming home you know uh god help the lad and his family like it's a fucking it's an awful thing to happen um i seen some masses say oh look at liverpool point scoring but i think some things just come from the heart yeah and that's exactly what that was i know liverpool walk around Bramley though, or Bramley Mordock when they're doing that pre-match walk. I, I might be wrong now saying that I could be talking absolute bollocks, but I think they do. It is around that area where they go for a pre-match stroll. So it's a lovely touch. Um, Liverpool is a city that is united by tragedy, yeah. considering what happened in, in Hillsborough. And there's been some really touching moments between Liverpool and Everton fans in the past. The tribalism, look, it's always going to be a thing, but I think underneath it all there is a, a level of respect um, and I think that's what you get with Scouse people like even when you're over in Liverpool and you're visiting you engage with Everton fans they're never they're never aggy or narky you know like yeah. you could walk through certain areas that might predominantly be um, Everton or Blue or taxi drivers who are Blue but it's only ever a bit of crack I think sometimes life calls for a bit of perspective and I think that's exactly where it was so yeah it was a lovely moment a uh, very very sad situation and it, it's it's shocking but that was something very harrowing about seeing the the blue flag yeah one flag was being marched around Liverpool it was yeah. uh, it was a lovely touch but at the same time so fucking sad because like that's that's no age to go like you know what I mean in no yeah. situation so Thoughts about Michael Jones and his family, and may rest in peace. Yeah, well said, well said. We won't say any more about that. Um, so the the game finishes, Sean. It's three one. We touched on it. We were excellent when we went down to ten men. We see out the game brilliantly. Um, we move on, and you're seeing a lot of stuff. People are critical and all that because the game start. I don't. I think people are scared. You know what I mean. You start off a game slow and sloppy, and they'll put it down. I've seen people saying a terrible boy Liverpool, and I'm like. I don't know. Terrible start. Got back into it. Finished it well, especially down to 10 men. Loads of positives to take from it. And you just move on. And we go to look at the next fixtures. And, you know, we're getting players back. You touched on it. We're getting Thiago back. We'll get Curtis Jones. Should be back soon. It's not looking too bad, but we do need to get maybe another one in the door. But we're seeing the shoots of, of a decent season, I think, developing here, haven't we? Yeah, like. Look, there's going to be knee jerk. Look, don't get me wrong. There's still work to do yeah. on and off the pitch and with this system in terms of personnel and setup. But I think we'll get it right. Um, Chelsea away is a tough game. Bomb at home is, it should be a banker. And I found out it was in the end. We four points in the board after them two games. I don't think anyone would have been kind of uh, too upset with that. I think it's a big test on Sunday. Newcastle have looked really good. They competed yeah. until nine, till 95, until 
the last whistle last night against City. Uh, they were impress- very impressive at times, but they can be got at. Um, they can be got at. We do have players that can damage and exploit them. They were banging for them when we went there last year and we turned them over. We have a decent record as well at St. Yeah. James's. Um, so it's going to be a tough game, but look, I think Liverpool can do what's needed in the next 10 days in terms of getting bodies in and I think it sets us up for a really good season um, but that's with the requisite business being done um, it's unfair on players like Endo to be come in and just expected to solve all of our problems yeah. like we spoke about the other night I think you can kind of give that verdict on how you feel about that signing on the 4th of September when the rest of the business is done so um, look I'm I was happy with the performance yesterday. I'm looking forward to the game on, on next Sunday. I think we can hold them. I think Newcastle are a serious outfit now. But like, I think a lot of people had them dropping down the table. Now, it might happen when the European football comes around, but they've done really good business. Um, I'm not a big fan of Eddie Howe, but he seems to be getting it done. They caused City problems there last night. That looked like a team who was ready to compete with City last night in terms of going man to man for 90 minutes like City had to be on it like they didn't just cruise to a win so Sunday's going to be difficult um, but I think we can get something from it and again I'm being deadly honest with you give me a point now and I'll take it yeah that's what I was give going to say if you look at the next couple of games so we've got Newcastle away with Villa at home um, from them two games would you be happy with four points from that? I think four points probably prior for the course going into the international break from them fixtures and you're looking at it going Chelsea away and Newcastle away out of the way and we have a chance then to go on a run. I think if you go and get a, you go get a result against Newcastle, a result against Newcastle will probably make people go, oh, hold on. Yeah. Like, maybe Liverpool are ready to go because what you're already seeing like the stuff creeping in with other sides like United Fans are starting to turn there in a little bit already on Ten Hag. Like, and yeah. that's not me making that up. It is genuinely people starting to question what he's doing because some of the decisions are questionable. But you look at United against Wolves and you're thinking, fucking hell, they like they could have could have got caught there. They're lucky to get away with a last minute penalty. And you're thinking, oh, do you know what? Wolves might be a decent outfit, and then they go and get hopped off by Brighton at home. The next week. Who were again a good side, but like it, it makes you think and I was looking at the United game there yesterday going, I, I don't know the style of play. Yeah, I think they're terrible. They're still, very, brutal, don't they? they're still very much a counter-attacking team where they're looking at the Ole with a moment of magic yeah. from from one of their big players. You have lads who don't want to move who are on big wages. Like, you have the, the off-the-field stuff that's going on with United as well. Like, it's fucking... It's, it's heavy stuff going on there, you know. So I think like there's a massive... I don't know. It depends on where you look at it. For me, just getting back into fucking Champions League should be the, the primary target. We see where we lie. Um, Sunday will be in um, a chance for us to go out and lay down a marker in terms of having having new bodies in the door and affecting the game. McAllister will be a miss. I don't know what's going on. I don't I don't know whether they're going to appeal it. I think they should. Yeah. I, I genuinely think they should. I don't know what's... Is it a three-match three, ga- three match ban? 
Well, I suppose it's three match ban for violent conduct and a studs up challenge probably probably does come under a violent conduct. But you said something earlier. There's been about six or seven incidents this weekend alone that were were actually worse. And there was nothing or there was yellow cards or there was no foul given, you know. So there could be a could be a situation or there could be a, an argument to appeal it, you know. Without, is the frivolous appeal thing still there that if you appeal and they don't they give you an extra one? I think that got done away with leaving impinging on people's human rights and all that is for fuck's sake, you'd be gone for months. But I think there's Manchester United, we'll just stay on them for a second because I want to talk about some of the other rivals. You know, you touched on them there that there's no cohesion and there's no plan there. And when you look at the money they've spent on players, and I'm not trying to say, oh, Liverpool don't need to spend because look what United done. But you look, they they pipped us, for example, to Mason Mount. He decided to choose Manchester United because I think he's a United fan, isn't he? Or something like that. And that's what he, he wanted to do. I don't know where he's going to play for them. I can't see where he fits in with the players they have at the moment and how they're going to shoehorn him in. And it just looks like a bit of a mad one. Their fans are starting to turn already saying, we need to get a player who can play in there with Casemiro and Bruno. So where are they putting Mason Mount? You've got Anthony for 90 million. He's a, I'll say it now, he's a stock and a shite and I don't think he's going to come good at all because mm. I cannot see anything in his game that will make me think he's going to explode and go to the next level. You look at um, <clears throat> the keeper. We saw him against Wolves. Right, he's brilliant with the ball. That's fair enough. His passing. Oh, Nana is just Pickford. Yeah, exactly. He's like Pickford. People forget Pickford's passing was excellent when he first broke through. Yeah. Well, went to Everton as well. But the erratic nature of diving in in the last minute to, you know, blindly just smashing into forwards, it, it just doesn't look good. And the just butter, the I just keep just the basics, the basics for a goalkeeper. I think, and I think it's been massively overlooked with the hair. I know he let a loud past him, but he he'd be making four or five saves a game. Yeah, but he was United's fucking player of the year in it, three or three or four years on a bounce, maybe. Like you can't give up a style of play, and then you're throwing in the likes of Mason, Mason Mount and the Bruno are two peas in the pod for me. Yeah. And I I've said it on podcast, but I'm not just part in Carragher here. I've said like I said this last year on show when everyone was waxing lyrical about Casemiro. I was like, hold on for a minute. That's a given. They signed 70 million on a huge deal for four or five years. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? Like, he, his legs are about to go any minute. Yeah. And he's looking every bit of that. You need someone in there beside him. Like, you know what I mean? So, look, United him again after spending 200 odd million in a window. More questions than answers. We've seen Chelsea today. Yeah, nice segue. We move on to them. Yeah, yeah, mad, like just, just mad, like billion, billion pound squad. And I'm like, oh, who's missing? Who's injured here? Yeah, in Conkey, obviously, yeah, but I'm like, this Modric fella doesn't look the cousin of a fucking hundred million footballer. <laughs> like you know, Enzo Fernandez is brilliant against Liverpool last week. Stunk the gaff out, yeah. like got ran all over by Suchek. Like you know, um. Coisado, come on, and look like me after 12 points again. It's trying to play five, so we don't tell it. He was all over the fucking place. So, I don't know. Like, I just the the Premier League is mad. The money that's being spent, and I'd argue that it's getting worse every year. Yeah, it's getting worse every year. 
Like Chelsea, you you said it there, the money they've spent, the billion pound squad, and I'm looking, and there's so many holes in it, and there's so many players that just don't make sense, and you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck have they spent that money on? Like, I know people are laughing about Quisado and Liverpool had the last laugh. Like, look, Quisado will come good and Enzo will play well, and but they they have to justify them price tags, and it, I've said it all, all the time. You know, you can have a great player. And if they're a million pound player, it's the the thing I have with Declan Rice is will he live up to being a million pound player? Jack Reelish gets away with it to an extent, but I think he's had a lot of criticism as well for being a million pound player because he just doesn't produce enough. Yeah, but it's all right doing that, Keith. If yeah, it's all right doing that. Like, for example, with Grealish, it's grand being a player who's not performing. If you have someone like Phil Fowden and Mares yeah. fucking digging you playing out. and steady and, and putting up numbers. But when you're brought in there to be the main man I'm heavily relied on like you're going to fucking you're going to become one that serious scrutiny like there's Sancho like is coming off bench for United like yeah. doing nothing and again you know, like people are saying Chelsea are a young squad and they'll come good like they've literally if they don't come good they're bollocks they've yeah. two years max to get back into the Champions League or they're fucked because it doesn't matter how much money you have or available to spend if you can't justify your means by bringing in that Champions League money, you're fucked. Arsenal gambled big on, on being in the getting Champions League and they got back in. Like again, the nature of Chelsea, how long is it gonna be before Poch is under scrutiny? Like how long is he gonna get? You know, so I just think like some of these clubs are so poorly run, like United now are they need to, they're in a position where Maguire won't leave because he wants to pay off. And Mambasaka is the same as like, I'm not leaving. You gave me a fucking 200 grand a week contract. I'm staying here. They're at the given Rashford mental money. He had a good season last year, but like, is Rashford world class? No, I don't is think it, he like, is. I think that's a I think that's a genuine question. Like, yeah, you could you could debate that he is, but if you're paying someone three, four hundred k a, a week, that can't be a question. It, it, it just can't be. It has to be. He's world class, and that's why he's getting. Is Rashford going to justify that wage? I don't know. I don't think so. So, looking around, the league is mad. I think the clubs who have that house in order and are doing the right things are shooting up the table. And lads, Sean, Chatty, Brighton, fucking look every bit as good as the rest because yeah. that scouting has been spot on, and the way they've operated in the last three or four years has been impeccable. And they're being linked with some really good young players from the continent, from South America, again. And that's what they'll do. They'll recycle and go again. So, like, a lot of teams are playing catch-up, but they don't actually realise how much work that needs to be done. I genuinely feel like three or four months down the line, the fucking the whole complexion of the Premier League will look different because we don't know how much time Chelsea's going to get. Uh, who, that much much time they're gonna give Pochettino, and like there's only so much glazes out you can sing before it's having no effect. And the next head in the block at United is, is gonna be ten hag because again, like I ask United fan, what's United style of play? And they're kind of like, I don't really know. They just look like a decent to go counter attacking side to me, which they were. Yeah, under Solskjaer. Exactly. It's it's crazy that they've the teams have got themselves into this situation. And look, they're good teams. We know Manchester United will be 
there or thereabouts in the top four shake up. Chelsea, I think they're much more problems. That scatter gun show that they're doing, I can see that falling flat on its face. But we we spoke about Liverpool's upcoming fixtures, and I think Villa are the team that you know they could be a dangerous outfit when we're playing them because we were at touched on it there. We were at the Anfield game against them last season, and and Unai Emery is a good coach and. You know, he'll have them set up right. They were brutal. Well, they weren't brutal against Newcastle. They were just on the end of a hiding there and actually didn't play that bad. But you see clubs like that next tier. You've got your, we won't include Newcastle in this, but you've got your Villas, you've got your Brightons. Um, Brentford looked decent yesterday. I know they're not in that sort of shake-up, but there's other teams there that can do a lot of damage. And for the likes of Chelsea, to take it for granted that they're just going to buy their way back in to this top four battle, it's a very, very risky business. It's it's a it's a risk that could really go tits up for them. And look, I for one to be delighted when it happens because I don't like them. Um, I, I don't like their approach to football. I don't like their, you know, boy their way out of everything sort of thing. People talk about Man City. This is this is worse, you know. What I mean, this is just a billion pound of bleeding three at uh, three windows or two years or whatever no, it is. City's been an operation that's spanned all over the globe. Yeah. Like, you know, it's been a it's a sports watching exercise, and you see that them like it just I'm not gonna get into it, but that's what it is. So yeah, it's taken them time. Like you know what I mean? They're they're twelve years in there now, and they only managed to get their hand on the Champions League last year. Whereas I think Todd Bowley is playing soccer, yeah, boy, with US money and a US ideology, which they're probably trying to bring to the table in the Premier League, but it's not quite there yet. Like I. I People saying he's just going over the board here looking for a, the quick success, but like the fucking no club is too big to be in that serious, serious, serious. But I look at Barcelona, yeah. like you know, like if it can happen to them, it can happen to anyone. And I think it's going that way with Chelsea. Like, fucking, I, I don't, I don't think hovering up top ta- overpaying for top talents all over the world is a solution when. You need them all to gel at once. And you're going through managers like hot dinners. Like, who's after Poch? Who's next? Yeah. They might fucking throw money at the Zerbi, but the Zerbi seems like a sensible bloke. I couldn't see him going near it. No. So it's hard to know. Like, Chelsea are running a serious, serious tightrope with, with their approach. City can get away with it, but you need to remember City only kind of went 50 60 for the player for a long time and then yeah. they splashed on. It's only the last couple of years, hard. isn't it, that they've started yeah, pushing they, into that? Yeah, they, they kind of, but they were thrown in the, like, Chelsea had 300 million players in the in the team at one stage today. And they look no better for it. Yeah, madness, madness. But anyway, um, oh, well, and Everton are still shy. Yeah, yeah, so just about to say, poor old Everton, they're they looking serious trouble, don't they? Like, I thought this year there'll be too much crap that Everton will uh, will safely stay above it now it's only two games in but they look to be as bad if not worse than most of them like they're they're absolutely desperate yeah and the, the scary thing about everything is they don't even seem to try to be doing the smart little deals that might yeah. catapult them up to 14 or 15 they're not even getting that right um they haven't really went in the, did you get that lad from Spartan, who I believe is Dort? 
the the eighteen year old. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's I think I think he is there, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't hold up. And and it's not fair on him either, you know, to be no, and look, that's, the that's probably him. that's probably harsh from me, but like, no, we've seen it, we've seen it being said, you know, throw the like in, throw the in, and you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I like. I think Deutsch is about as good as they can get at the moment because I do think he's a good manager. Like I seen a tweet today. Now I don't look. When I say I seen a tweet, it could have been a fucking Liverpool fan taking yeah. this. But like some an Everton fan, I'll say with parentheses saying, mm. Why don't we just go and get the Zeri from Brighton and buy Matoma and Ferguson and like how long? Wow, wow, how long? <laughs> now like that's that's, that's that's not walking. That's not like you need to kind of now you are all sort of thing, but and then I seen the quote from Tarkovsky and I was like that can't be real. So I clicked into the thread and someone put the actual interview in and I was going, what the fuck? This yeah. is one of the senior players. And did you hear what he said? What did he say? He was like, oh, we were, was, we were fairly positive after the game against Fulham because we big chances and we didn't take them. And that's what happens in the Premier League. We got beaten 1-0. So we were kind of thinking to ourselves, we'll, we'll kick on. But, um, he turns around then and says, look, Villa got battered 5-1 last week. I came out and beat us 4-0 today. That could be yours next week. And I just, oh, yeah, thinking now. That this is the unfair leadership, you know. This is this is the, the, the mentality that's seeped in there. And they can change the manager and they can bring in players. And, you know, Ashley Young, someone mentioned in there, you know, Ashley Young's about 38. And he's going in and playing left back for them. And... Your man just looks a leading shell of a player now. Michael Keane, he's a disaster. They need him out of the team as quickly as they can, but I don't see how they can do it. Deutsch is a good manager. Burnley were a good team under him. You know, no one liked playing him, but he hasn't been able to implement that style at all at Everton, and they just look bleeding limp as usual. And then you've got uh, Calvert Lewin goes off for an injury, and I've seen his old man go mad on social media as well about that, you know, the abuse that he gets. and from his own fans and and it's yeah know, look bad as well he got his jaw smashed today his yeah. cheekbone look, look like a bad one yeah it's just you can't catch a break you know but yeah look. well the right type of break fucking just one of them innocuous ones like yeah again like just it sums up everything yeah like a... and it's been a bad week for them on and off the pitch like for different reasons yeah. like which we touched on earlier but I don't know what like everything. I just literally banking on being the 17th best team in the league again this year because the last two years it was literally the case where there's been three teams who are just worse than us, and by yeah. worse I mean marginal, and it could be the same again. Um, I think that's what they're banking on. I genuinely yeah. do think think that's what they're banking on. Um, Villa were like that a few years ago, weren't they? Before they got relegated, they were skirting down around the 17th mark, and then eventually they went. And you can just see the same thing happening with Everton because they just they just don't look to have um to, to have enough enough in there to get them over. But look, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But yeah, good weekend for Liverpool in the sense that Everton lose, Chelsea lose, Manchester United lose. We win and. We move on and, and you take the positivity. Like you said, from the Liverpool game itself, they managed it well. We got out of there, a good three points at home, and we move on. So we're expecting, as we touched on there, four points we'd be happy with from the next two games. If we take yeah, six, that, we're flying. 
Someone just sent me a link there with Simon Jones put up about saying that Liverpool have held productive talks with Munich and Palace regarding the core and grabbing Bird. So let's see, there might be movement on them in the next yeah. week. Like grabbing Bird is fine for me once he's coming in with it. As an A rather than the save. Yeah, but with the core, with the core, I think that's it's it makes sense. He's under twenty one, doesn't have to be registered, but we'll see what way it plays out. Um, it's it's gonna be. I think we, I think Liverpool will be busy. I think Liverpool will be busy in the next ten days. Going up, what club said the other day in the press conference. There's still time, and we'll see what we can do. I don't like not that there's less pressure on us. I still think that the bodies need to be gone, but let's see. The endo thing, I think, takes that sort of smell of desperation off us. You know, that we'll be maybe getting rolled over a barrel in the sense that we can say, look, we have a six. This is the fella we like. We want your lad as well. But, you know, if, if you don't have that sort of safety blanket in the negotiations, you're getting absolutely bleeding rolled all over the shop to to pay what you have to get. So I think, look, Keith, I think the stage of the window is at now. We're going to pay. Look, again, it, it feels like it was three weeks ago, but we got caught, caught with our arses out the window. So I say, though, clubs now, now, if we were playing poppers up until then, they know that we have the money. So I just, I think that might have to be a little bit of swallowing yeah. pride on, ah, yeah. on either end. Like, for example, I know people are saying Palace are going to command the mad fee. Look, your man Parrish is is a clever lad. He knows himself. The core, the core, I think, could go one way. If the core, I could go and have a belt that season for Palace this year, he's not going for more than 70 next year anyway yeah. because of his contract. So they need to be kind of, or, or if he has a half decent season, it might only be 40 40. So these clubs will be, they look down the line going, look, this is sort of a safety blanket in the terms of if we're relegated. This negates this massively in terms of what we bring in. So I think there's deals to be done there. I think if that wasn't, he, Harris would have said it the other day. He, he said, look, it's going to take something special to come in and get a player. Of course, he's going to fucking say that. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be an interesting. I just, there's deals there to be done, even if it's and like, I'm, re, I'm fucking so bought in on this Andre fella now that I hope that. <laughs> He's he's wrapped up for for January because I don't want anyone having a sniff around him. Yeah, but this is you know it, there's loads of names being linked, but we've said it that could be the Tiago replacement that they bring forward six months and it would make a lot of sense. There's there's holes to be filled in that midfield and maybe they will do a shitload of them and, and take a, a heap of them in. John makes a good point there. We won't stay too much longer, but Palace keeping Elise that came out of the blue. You know Chelsea thought they had that one done as well, and then Parish manages to get him down for a new contract. And maybe that does takes the, you know, it makes the core a bit more attainable because if you're losing big players like Zaha, Alise, then it probably gets a bit harder to to take another one of their players if they don't want because teams have money now. It's not like you can go into these middle of the road teams and just take their players. You have to pay a premium and they can give the money as well in, in by way of contracts. But again, prem prem clubs aren't stuck for money anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Those days are gone. Unless I'm Manchester United. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> but, you know, they, they'll they, they be protesting and they'll be giving out and blaming everyone else. But the reality is they just absolutely want the war-strong clubs in England. And they continue to be, which is lovely to see. We won't uh, 
won't moan about that any uh, much longer. Sean, have you anything more you want to talk about before we wrap it up? No, just congratulations to the Spanish women team for yeah. that triumph earlier. I know I was in the chat while I'm but look, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, and it's not a sexist thing. I didn't think there could be anyone more annoying than some of the English international players. But yeah, woman Mary Yerps is a fucking angel. Yeah. Yeah. He was there, so I was delighted earlier to see them win. Uh, yeah. Spain, Spain for obvious reasons. There's contingency ah, yeah. here, you know. But so, uh, That's um, yeah, and fucking it's a sad story coming out now that the girl who got the winning goal today I've found out that, after yeah. the end that her father had passed. So life is fucking mad like that, like, you know. So, yeah. Exactly. Men, mental, mental goals on them, but. I really enjoyed yeah. that game, by the way. It was a great game of ball. Yeah, good, good tournament. You know what I mean? It's good to, uh, it's good that it's it's shone a light on the women's game. You know what I mean? I know Chris does be on here is a big fan of it, and this was a big tournament for any fans of the women's game. So yeah, look, well done to the Spanish ladies team and and the sad story, it's a bittersweet story that came out at the end of it. Um, Danielle is saying Spain was basically the Barca team. Look, that's how it works, really, isn't it? There's, there's big teams yeah. in the women's game. Leon in France, Barcelona. A couple of Barca players playing for England. A couple yeah. of the girls in the England set of play for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah so they, you'll always have that sort of the, that dominance. Um, right, we leave it. We leave it at that, Shawnee. Um, it was a, a good win for the Reds. We march on four points on the board from fixtures that we we'd say it was probably par for the course and we'll see where we go from next week thanks I everyone the, for oh okay. i think the double pivot done all right tonight while the two I boys so. are deeping yeah the double yeah. pivot work for us two I, sixes look no quarter. i see courtney putting a lot of erratic uh comments in that chat tonight that stunk of emmy and gav so you know yeah you can have two sixes we could probably have two prixes come back the locks that changed passwords changed everything's changed <laughs> now nah, look at it's been a bit of crack just having a little chat about uh the stuff tonight so look everyone in the chat give us a like if you haven't done it yet thumbs up subscribe all that stuff because it does help the channel grow it helps put us out there to other other people that may not be aware of us you know we love the community we have we love the chats we love all that sort of stuff but if we can open it up to more people then happy days so um yeah do that when you're finished watching and don't forget to subscribe so yeah we leave it at that um liverpool 3-1 against a tricky barmet side and we march on over and out Podcast Network.